I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks This is the North Pole. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Where's the snow? Why are you smiling like that? I just like to smile. Smiling's my favorite. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. The loser lord, the one more thing king. What you got for me? Man, there's nothing like Mavs Twitter basketball being back (laughs) than... Why didn't he drive? Why Why didn't he he shoot shoot? the three? Why didn't he drive? (laughs) We're back. Everything... Oh my gosh, everything's back. But uh, tough loss. Tough loss is not the end of the world. Uh, Right before we hit record, we went over all the teams that lost on day one. (laughs) It was like Lakers, Bucks, Heat... Uh, all these you know nuggets um but um when you consider the next few games you definitely wanted to close out a game like this and uh, i do think they could have closed it out but they didn't so yeah on today's show isaac and i are going to break down the mavericks 106 to 102 loss to the phoenix suns in their season opener and all kinds of stuff there's some big takeaways i think in this at least for the second half the, the first half Oh my gosh. I mean, we might as well just get into it. The the Mavericks were absolutely dreadful. Mm. I mean, just really, really bad. Even even into the third quarter, like over halfway through the third quarter, Phoenix was shooting 50% from the floor and Dallas was shooting 36%. That kind of evened out after, at, you know, at the end of the third quarter and then into the fourth when the Mavericks went on a run. It ended the Mavericks shot 42% from the floor, so not much better and the <laughs> and the uh Suns shot 48%, but that gap, 14 percentage points as a gap between what you're shooting. Like the Mavericks just couldn't hit any shots. And their offense was really bogged down, it seemed mm. like. And they were held to 45 points in the first half, which sometimes they score in a quarter, yes. right? It just it, it wasn't there. It, the offense just didn't seem to be there. There's some obvious weaknesses. And I think that Luka starting out slow doesn't well, help, right? He's the offensive engine. Everything everything revolves around him. And so when he starts out slow, he misses his first, what, six or seven shots. That's going to be really tough for your team to overcome. This has been one of my biggest questions coming out of the offseason week. Uh, we have talked about this on this podcast. I have constantly thrown it out there. Uh, the other day uh, with Bobby, Bobby said, what's one of your biggest questions? And I said, the offense. And it's like some people like kind of like, you know, not really pushed back, but they're like, are you really questioning the offense of this team when we just set like this yeah. offensive, you know, efficiency record basically. And I am, I, I, I do get worried. I will still, I'm still am kind of worried about this team outside of Luca when it comes to the offense and you look at a, a game like tonight. I mean, they could have won tonight for sure. And we had multiple guys in double digits uh, scoring, but we didn't have another player score over 12 points. Like we have to have somebody else. And I say this when I I should have said when KP's not playing, and because that's my biggest worry is until KP comes back or when he sets it. Because when KP plays, they can just offset him, and they do that a lot. It's like they'll set Luca, leave KP out there. Or, you know, normally they take KP out first, whatever you want to do with the rotations. But when they're both not on the floor, that's I I just. Josh Richardson, I love him when he spots up for three, but I don't know if I want to run the offense through him. Tim Hardaway. I 
I mean, he has the ultimate green light of all green lights. Like there, there is like a, a stoplight. Uh, you know, when you're driving and it is, you know, whatever the green is, it's like, imagine that green, but like times 10, but it's like, Tim, what's the role that we've talked about that, that Atlanta type of role, the role he played last year. And so I just, that's my one thing is offense outside of Luca right now. Can we get Tim Hardaway senior bubble approved? Can we get him as just the one guy that can come in? In the inner circle because he definitely needs it. I, I think Tim Hardaway Jr. is one of the big, one of the obvious things. You know, people were tweeting about, <laughs> tweeting to me about him all night about how he was playing. He was three of ten from the floor, three of eight from three, which is thirty-seven percent. It's not he, horrible. Like I, I do want to point out the three point. Yeah, from, from three, three. Yeah, but you know, his shots. He just didn't take very good. He scored twelve points at four boards. Um, his. His game, it didn't seem like he was letting the game come to him. He kind of, it seemed like he reverted mm. to when Tim Hardaway first came. And someone tweeted at me and said, Is this because he's in a contract year? Which you, we may have to consider a little bit, right? He may be gunning for his own shot a little bit just to, you know, to pad his stats or to score or whatever. But the other thing is, Porzingis is out and they're going to need somebody yeah. else. And I wonder who they've been hyping up in practice, who they've been hyping up in their, you know, team meetings or whatever. Tim Hardaway was a really good shooter last year. And so maybe they're hyping him up to be, you got to step up and be that secondary scorer. We've also talked about before the season started that there, I think there's going to be a competition internally between Josh Richardson and Tim Hardaway Jr. And maybe Tim Hardaway Jr. is the one that takes this to heart more than Josh Richardson does. But who's going to be the secondary scorer when KP's out? Who's going to be that next guy? And especially maybe even when KP comes back, who's going to be the guy that eats after those two yeah. guys, right? And I think Tim Hardaway Jr. he tried to win that <laughs> he tried to win that battle tonight and he didn't. Josh Richardson he had 12 points, seven boards, assists, a steal. He was five of eleven from the floor, two of seven from three. So it doesn't seem like he's going to shoot 80 percent from from three during the regular season. <laughs> yeah. it seems like that's not going to happen for him like he did in preseason. But yeah, neither when when both of those guys aren't hitting right, it's going to be really hard for the but, Mavericks. But they want I, I know the uh, Mavericks want Burke or Brunson to kind of take up that too because it's like you know when Luca goes out, then Brunson yeah, the but bench. Brunson will come in. That's the thing. But if when Luca's out of the game, we're talking. I'm talking about offense when Luca's on the floor. When there's you know other people who could score without you know besides Luca scoring but also when Luca takes his breaks too what does the offense look like and i think they want you know Brunson yeah. or Burke to be that guy in the first half first three quarters you know Brunson was definitely struggling but you saw what a difference that made in the fourth and Brunson had an incredible fourth quarter and the shots that i mean he had some crazy tough shots in the paint uh yeah, driving yeah. in the traffic um i mean just he was he was night and day different fourth quarter and then like the first three yeah. quarters. I mean, it was just so different the way that he was attacking and finishing. And then the first three quarters, he did not look good. But at all. it was crazy because, you know, we were on this podcast the other day and you were talking about him driving in the paint and I seen different people's tweeting. It's like, is this all you do? He's going to do is just drive in the paint, drive into the crowd and throw shots up. And, you know, it kind of goes to the, we'll talk more about this later on the pod, but to the Luca, you know, three point shots. It's like when they don't go in, we're like, what are you doing? This is crazy. Like Brunson <laughs> shots. Brunson hits those shots tonight in traffic, crazy, one handed, sideways. And Rick Carlisle post game is saying, man, he has some tough shots tonight. Those are, you know, good big time buckets for us. And we're like, man, still tough. It's still, still tough, tough shots, shots, but it, it kind of goes into those things of, 
when they don't go in, we don't like some of these shots, whether they're at the basket or they're 30 feet from the basket. But when they do go in, it's like, man, these are awesome, tough shots. I think part of, um, I don't want to go into a whole Brunson thing in the first segment, but but part of the thing is I think the Mavericks had the Suns spread out so much that he wasn't driving into multiple guys. He was driving into a couple. Like that really crazy one was against yeah. Aiden. There's another one that was against Chris, Chris Paul. Paul just one, it's him one-on-one, right? And so I think that's different than the ones we saw in preseason. But yeah, he did have a night and day difference. I want to give credit to the Suns too. I think their defense was, was pretty disciplined. Uh, except for their centers who got six fouls combined between the two of them in 11 the first 11 minutes yeah. of the game which the Mavericks didn't take really advantage of they took advantage of Jalen Smith for sure when he came yeah. in he's their third string center and I don't think he looks right he hit that one like turnaround jumper against Maxie though that kind of looked they, like dirt. they took him 10th overall and he's third string behind Damian Jones <laughs> I'm like that that's Damian Jones got cut by the Hawks <laughs> but but you're talking about giving somebody credit I want to give the Dallas Mavericks credit for their defense. We've talked so much about you have to be able to win games different ways. And I get they didn't win. They lost. It, it was a clutch loss. We'll talk more about that. But they all they were shooting under 40 percent almost the game and they had chances to win. Yes, this is it's, it, it's the, defense. the defense. And, you know, uh, Brad Townsend asked Rick a question uh, just about the game, but he prefaced the question with, hey, I think your defense kept you in the game. And I, I totally agree because that first quarter, you know, they finished the first quarter. I literally wrote down defense keeps in game 23 to 22. I mean, I think the I don't know. I think the over the total points over under for this game was like in the 230s. I want to say, which I don't, I can't remember <laughs> what this, uh, well, this finished at 208, but, uh, you know, it was just, I was impressed. It's like, all right, we're not hitting. Lucas starts off the game. He looked kind of sluggish. <laughs> he didn't shoot the ball well. Uh, very slow start for Luca, but they stayed in the game. I'm like, man, I felt like the most of the game, Dallas should have been down by 15 to 20, and they just kept hanging around. And I kept on telling myself, I'm like, dang, if Dallas pulls this game off after playing this yeah. this this game, and uh, but they didn't. But I still want to give them credit. <laughs> I I, I want to give <laughs> them that uh, credit though for that defense. Yeah, absolutely. We'll give them credit for the defense. We'll talk more about how the Mavericks are able to contain the Suns and what things they need to change coming up. We'll talk about that. But before we do, Isaac Harris, there's so much stuff happening. Christmas Day games. Christmas Day games are coming up. If you're listening to this on Thursday, they're tomorrow. Christmas Christmas is tomorrow. By the way, Merry Christmas. Santa's to coming tonight. Have a good Santa is coming tonight if you're listening to this on Thursday. And that means that there are Christmas Day games that you can go and bet on on Bet Online. It's the only place that we trust the Lockdown Podcast Network, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN for a 50% welcome bonus. They have everything. They have NFL. They have NCAA. They have college basketball. They have college football. They have uh, like all kinds of stuff. Go check out what they have on Bet Online. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive a fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Isaac. We're continuing to break down the Dallas Mavericks' loss to the Phoenix Suns and some of the stuff that we saw. And the holidays are about giving. And so I'm giving you a hot tip that can earn you some extra cash, everybody. The new Locked On Bets podcast is hosted by Lee Sterling of ParamountSports.com. Lee is red hot to start the season and shares a lock of the day on every single episode. Subscribe to Locked On Bets today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Isaac, what is something that stuck out to you about Luca's game? I mean, we he had a terrible start to the game. He shot 
under 43%. He didn't hit a single three the entire game. And yet he finishes with 32 points, eight boards, and five assists. But he should have like 12 assists, yeah. right? I wonder. I want to see what his potential assists were for this game because guys just were not hitting. We talked about Richardson. Dorian Finney-Smith was not hitting at all either. We have to give him some of the blame as well. He went four of 11 from the field, one of six from three. And, uh, yeah, Maxi went two of seven from three. Like, guys just were not knocking down their threes, and that's the Mavericks bread and butter, that drive and kick and, you know, hit from the outside. So what's that stuck out to you about Luca's game? Uh, I mean, just a slow start. I mean, he, he just didn't start very well to the game. He just didn't uh, – he, he didn't look like uh, his normal self. I, you know, uh, I did like uh, his third quarter. You know, it seemed like he came out of halftime and was like, all right, I'm going to kind of put the team on my back a little bit and – uh, but, you know, I think Chris Herring of uh, 538, you know, he said it was uh, Bron-like of Luka to be able to have an off game like this and still put up, you know, a 32-8-7 or whatever he landed on five. Uh, but no, that that was the thing. I mean, I think a lot of us, especially towards the end there, that last step back three, you know, like you said, he was 0-6. This is a big area that... Uh, he has talked about, the team has talked about, we've talked about, so many people have talked about him improving his three-point percentage this year. He shot 31% last year. Uh, 0 of 6 is not a good start for that percentage. So <laughs> It's actually zero. It's actually zero. So, uh, it's an uh, upward uh, climb for him right now. But yeah, I, I just want to see how he corrects that. And I thought his answer uh, after the game about you know, that three and stuff. I thought that was great for him. Not just uh, the last three they took, but early, earlier shots. So let's uh, let's play the audio uh, of Luke the and sure. see exactly uh, what he said. Uh, I got to stay, stop taking these uh, very bad shots. Uh, it wasn't just the last one, but it was a couple of them. Uh, it's not good for me. It's not good for the team. And I got to change it. And I think that one, you know, we were taking the pain, uh, I think, really good in the second half. And we should just done keep doing that. He takes up for it, right? I mean, this is something that, you know, people on Twitter and we have talked about a lot is that, you know, oh, we make jokes about it. We make jo- we made a joke about it at the start of the podcast. Why doesn't he drive more in the clutch? Why does he always pull up for those step back threes? And when they go in, like that Cl- that Clippers game in the playoffs, when they go in, they're incredible. But when they don't, we're all mad and up- upset about it. And you wonder if he could split the difference, right? <laughs> Can he yeah. just try something closer? And he honestly did. I mean, that that three was kind of the only one that he took that was like deep into the clutch that I think really mattered. Three minutes, sixteen seconds left. Drive and kick, and then that seat that Chris Paul steal off of a swing pass. I think from Josh Richardson. Uh, Two forty five. Luca gets in the paint, hits a shot over defender. One fifty six. Luca drive. He was fouled. Hit both the free throws. He hit two clutch free throws. That's huge. Uh, One thirty five. Maxi hit an open three off of a Luca kick. He missed that. Uh, 110, Luca missed a step back three. And then 35 seconds, Luca gets an open, you know, that wide open drive dunk to, uh, it was when the game was essentially over at that point. But I mean, if you look through that, he was getting in the lane. I mean, four yeah. out of the five times in, in the last three minutes, he was getting in the lane. He was hitting shots. And so we wonder about his conditioning. Maybe this is the part where his conditioning matters. We've talked about his conditioning a lot too. And if it's not in, top top shape which he's admitted that it's not could tiredness have come into a factor he played almost 36 minutes in this game which is not a ton but if you're not in complete playoff game shape it probably is a lot right yeah Uh, so i think part those things i think mattered and i think the clutch game stuff 
The Mavericks had a terrible record in the, in the clutch last year, and that's one of the things they're really looking to change this year. It comes down to one or two possessions, right? Maxi hits that three. All of a sudden, the Mavericks are up, right? Like the Mavericks have a have a lead late in the game. Um, if if uh, you know Booker doesn't hit that crazy shot over Brunson where his hand is literally like in his eye sockets, yeah. then the Mavericks would would hold that lead, right? Chris Paul hits an ISO pull up, and he was he sh- it was one of three shots that he made all night, right? It's just the margins, right? It's just one or two things go differently, and everything is different for this team. But like I, I wrote down that Chris Paul play that that's the difference of their team, you know, this year for Phoenix yeah. and bringing in a guy like Chris Paul. I mean, he was the most clutch player in the league last year. But having another guy, I don't want to keep on going back to this, but when KP's out, is it just going to be Luca every single time? And I think that it does something for a guy like Booker when not when you have two of those guys. When you have two guys like in Brooklyn, Kyrie and KD, and you know what where you can kind of offset it a little bit. You know it's not gonna just be Luca at the top of the key and everything's gonna run through that and he has to do it every time. Look at that possession by Chris Paul. It's like, oh, they cleared out Chris Paul. He went and got a bucket. Booker knows, all right, me and him, either one of us can make this bucket happen. So I wanna see what but yeah there wasn't a ton of possessions there in a cl- clutch i mean that maxi 3 was rushed i i, I do uh think it, it was that, rushed cuz somebody was closing out on him right i think it was yeah. Aiden that was closing out on him quick so he I had wanna to say it was early him, in the shot clock too but i could be i could be wrong he was that. open when he got it i mean it was yeah. it was a wide enough like i think nba.com they they say 4 to 6 feet away is is considered wide open <laughs> and then more than that is like very wide open so i think it was wide i don't think it was wide open right but yeah, it, but Luca's shots, you know, yeah, he was getting into the paint when he wanted to, basically, especially for a guy. I mean, yeah. God, I have, yeah, we know we have a huge crush on Mikel Bridges. Bridges. Yeah. I freaking love this guy. <laughs> he played uh, really well. He did. And, uh, you know, if we're ranking Luca defenders in the league, I think he's top five. And, you know, he has like a seven foot wingspan. Uh, he's tall, but. He's not as heavy as Luca, and Luca can get him into the paint. And I think you know when it comes to these step back threes, and you have a good defender like that, Luca has to take advantage of that, especially because he was zero of six. If you know Luca was five of six when he or five of five when he took that, or four or five when he took that three, I wouldn't have been as upset about. It. And I'm not like you know some people just get up in arms about him taking that three. I'm not up in arms about it because I trust Luca can make a lot of those shots. But yeah, on an zero of six night. And when you've been getting to the rim at will, it does make a lot of sense for you to get into the into the paint. And he knows it. And like you just listened to, it's really cool to see, you know, your 21 year old superstar say, yeah, I own that. Like, I got to do better with that. Yeah, he he knows that he's got to do better. The Mavericks, uh, they came up, they came really close. I think it's a testament more to this team that they were close and had a chance to win this game yeah. after they had such a bad start. So. Uh, yeah, let's talk about their bad start a little bit. So Mavericks kind of get out to a bad start. We have to talk about Dwight Powell. I mean, he he started the game, he started the third quarter, and then he didn't play after the, what, eight-minute mark of the third quarter, and Willie Cauley-Stein came in, and it kind of was it kind of looked night and day different because of Willie Cauley-Stein's length. You just forget how yeah. like Dwight is undersized for a center. He really is. I mean, he's 6'10", he doesn't have a long wingspan, and when Willie Colley Stein came in, you're like, oh my gosh, this guy is. I mean, Willie's like, what, 7'1 and has a huge wingspan, super long arms. <laughs> it's night and day different with with him and, you know, and Dwight especially Powell. Especially with a guy, who can, well, a guy who can shoot like Aiden. And Aiden yeah, has and a he, nice touch. 
And even Maxi, like Maxi's undersized against guys like that too. He's strong enough. He's stronger than Willie and bigger than Willie, and he, he's a better defender. But at least Willie Colley Stein could get his hands up there where Aiton can't do that little turnaround, you know, hook shot, baby hook floater thing over the top of him. Yeah. Where he, I think he did that twice to Maxi, and I was like, oh man, what are they, what are they going to do? Throw Bobon in there, do something, right? Like, yeah. Just throw somebody in his face because Aiton's not, he's not attacking the basket. He's not trying to attack you with his speed. He's just trying to go over the top. That's all he was trying to do. I, I was not super impressed with Aiton's offensive game in this in this game. Were you? Well, he should have just bodied. I mean, if I was a Suns fan, I would be pissed every time Aiton does a fadeaway like dirt. Because, <laughs> you know, we love Maxi and, you know, Willie and our guys and Dwight. But it's like Aiton should have just drop stepped and go up for, you know, went up yeah. for dunks. And like, I mean, he was just he's he's bigger than those guys. So. Every time I think Aiden settles for a turnaround fadeaway jump shot, you're saying, yes, I will take that shot every day and all day. But uh, I still Even think he's made good. a couple of them. Yeah, he yeah, he still made a couple of them, especially against Maxi. You know, Maxi played really good defense. But if you put a guy like I've seen some people say you put Boban out there, well, you got two great pick and roll guys in Booker and Chris Paul. They would just like run Boban off the floor of that. Was the guy that just said that me? Because I just said that, but it was kind uh, of well, well, yeah, but I don't I didn't think you were like clamoring for uh, Bobon to be out there, but yeah, I thought, man, the pal stuff. <laughs> I texted you and I said something like, uh, did Rick just give up on Powell? And uh, <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, like, all right, coming up, let's get into this Dwight Powell situation. We'll talk about the Mavericks center situation. We'll want to also talk about the bench. We saw Josh Green for a, like a second, and then uh, we want to talk oh, about forgot about him. <laughs> how the how the bench looked in the rest. I of I like the James Johnson's minutes tonight. By the way, we'll talk about that coming up. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into some more about this game, some of the deep stuff. If you're still listening to this podcast, you're you're a, you're a real Raccoon Squad member. Oh, uh, we're you only are, 22 uh, minutes in. Please. You you're still you're still with us. By the way, if you are a deep diehard basketball fan, Lockdown Women's Basketball is the only daily podcast covering the world of women's hoops. Join an all-star cast of hosts each day of the week for a comprehensive look at the worlds of the WNBA women's college basketball and international competition that's going on right now. A bunch of your wings players are playing international, by the way. You simply won't find it anywhere else. Subscribe to Lockdown Women's Basketball on your favorite podcast provider. I'm wearing my WNBA hoodie right now. I got it for Christmas. Feeling good. Looks Feeling good, good in the orange. I thought it was a Gatorade. <laughs> I'll do that Damian Lillard commercial with the little like you know, beat maker. Hit the button. <laughs> All right, so so Dwight Powell, he starts the game. Nothing has changed from the preseason, right? I mean, just he doesn't have the lift. And if he doesn't have lift, if he doesn't have bounce, then Dwight Powell's attributes are limited, right? He's at it's least not, like drawing the defense though. Like I don't think he on his he, little pump fake from three that no, no, I'm saying when he when he rolling when he rolls to the rim. I mean, I felt like there were multiple times tonight that he at least drew the defense to where they're like, hey, he can catch a lob, and Luca was trying to get it to him. I, but, I've only, okay, to that, my knowledge, he's only he's only completed one lob since this that, preseason. That's right? the point, though. Is is they tried these pick and rolls with him? They tried these, you know, him coming off a screen somewhere else, off ball, and then they tried to get him as a lob threat. But the Suns were ready. They're like, this guy is only only does one thing, and we're gonna stop that one thing. And once you do that, then what is he? He's just out there setting screens, right? I mean, that's well, the, I only think thing, him that's the only thing he's doing on up. offense. Yeah. No, but but it didn't though, because then all of a sudden you're like, <laughs> if, if like if they're intending on going for Dwight, then like it just clogs up the lane, and then I mean, I guess you could kick out to shooters, but then the shooters weren't hitting, so it's kind of 
You know, that's it just my thing. It's like I think when you have his presence, it does like when he does roll to the rim, it theoretically draws another defender in to where they do stop it and they were stopping it, therefore opening up a guy on the perimeter. My, opening something. But yes. The Mavs weren't hitting my that fear something. moving forward is at some point you have to complete it to like continue it for it to continue being a threat. And like, it's clearly a threat because they game plan for it and they stopped it every time the, you know, him trying to catch a lot, but it's like, what, at what point does it not become a threat because it's not being completed? That's what I wonder what it'll look like. But you know, Rick didn't put him back in after that mark you said in the third quarter and it was very noticeable. It's like, all right, they rolled with Maxi. Maxi brings, uh, you know, versatility defensively, an outside shot. I don't, how much? What did Maxi finish with tonight from the two outside? Two of seven, I think. Okay, two of seven. Um, but yeah, and then Willie got those minutes. He got some spot minutes early, but then his his late minutes in a four. I mean, Willie had the highest plus minus tonight at plus fourteen, I think thirteen. Uh, and Rick praised that in the post game and said he had really productive minutes. It's because they actually had a finisher around the rim, right? If Dwight had his lift, he would have given him a, a similar thing offensively, right? Where he he can get out and he can finish, but he just doesn't have it right now. And so what do they do with Dwight now, right? I mean, we've talked about why he's in the starting lineup. We've talked about the reason why is because Luca can maximize his strengths, but it's not. It's not happening. And it didn't didn't happen against a team that's you know, like a super good defensive team either. It happened against the Suns, right? Aiton's not, he's not Anthony Davis or Rudy Gobert, and they were able to stop Dwight Powell whenever he was trying to roll at all. So what do they do with them? I, I, I think he comes off the bench, and I honestly think Willie should get minutes instead of him. Yeah, it's just well, he's gonna do. He's gonna do the same thing that, that Dwight would be able to do. He does it on a lesser level than Dwight when Dwight is 100%, but Dwight's not 100% right now. Yeah, he just... <laughs> I would say Dwight sets better picks. Um, Probably. I'd say he hustles and just knows the system more. That's but, true. But All those um, things are true. But I do like Willie's length and, I mean, Willie's the stretch five. Stop. Uh, but, but no, I yeah, I am very intrigued what this looks like moving forward. And just, it's, we've talked about it. Once KP comes back, it's not that big of a deal. Because then... I think Dwight, then we're debating on who gets the, you know, what, 15 minutes off the bench for the backup five spot, right? And it's like, all right, well, Dwight's going to get 12 to 15 minutes, or is Willie going to get 12 to 15 minutes? It's not that big of a deal then. But at, in the starting spot, it's there's a bigger light on it. And without KP, that's why it's a conversation right now. So, And I think it will be a conversation, right? I mean, this will be a conversation for as long as KP's out. This will be a conversation that will go on of Willie, Dwight, Maxi. Who will get those five minutes? Five minutes, just just five minutes, just just five minutes. Singularly but, five minutes. But like bench bench minutes, I like James Johnson's minutes early. I thought you know he brought just an energetic presence. Uh, if you had a bet down for a James Johnson flagrant foul in game one, then you <laughs> cashed out on that. Oh, yeah, Bet Online had a prop bet on that. I think. <laughs> I think people would have made some money. <laughs> but, okay, real quick, the defensive matchups from the start, were you surprised at all that they went? I would, that's my mindset going into every game. Who is yeah, Josh who Richardson and Dorian going to guard? And they went Richardson on Booker and Dorian on Chris Paul, and I thought that was very intriguing. 
I think they went with length for Booker or length for Chris Paul. And yeah. they went with the speed for Booker, which I think is right because what's the, what they're going to do with Booker is he's going to run around all kinds of screens, which he did. The Suns got a lot of good stuff out of those you know, off-ball screens. And so I think they want Richardson to fight through those screens and they want Dorian to be able to just, with his length, also go around some on-ball screens. But you need that length on those on-ball screens more so because – you have to chase around and hopefully you can catch him from behind and, you know, alter shots from, you know, chasing, like chasing down. Right. Yeah. And so I think, I think that made sense a lot. The, and the, they held Chris Paul to like what three shots. We said, right. Like he only made three shots in this game. Booker Booker only scored 22 points in this game. I think, I think that's a win, right? I see this as an absolute win. I love, I love <laughs> watching Richardson tonight play, play defense and him and him and Dorian together in that starting unit. They almost have to have those guys. And I think, Dorian will start majority of the games and let until they play one of these teams like a you know a Pelicans with like Zion and Steven Adams. You might see Maxi start that game instead of Dorian. But what it, also what did you think about the fourth quarter? Rick going with Brunson over Tim Hardaway Jr. to end the game. Yeah, that was interesting. It just seemed he like wrote he the hot with, hand. He that's exactly what I was gonna say. He was, he went with the hot hand. I think that he decided to go there defensively though. Did it come back to bite them when Booker hit that shot? I You think Tim makes that big of a difference? Tim's taller, Tim's longer. Okay. Tim, I give that. You know, like that could have made the difference because Jalen Brunson's hand was right in his face if if Jalen Brunson was, you know, a couple inches taller, his arms were a couple a little bit longer, maybe he alters that shot more, but yeah. That, I think actually Luka would have been on him. I mean, that would have been because Brunson wasn't guarding Booker to start that possession. Yeah. You know, they did the switch to get Brunson on him. They targeted Brunson. If if Brunson was Tim Hardaway's out there, they probably target Luca and then it's Luca against Booker. Interesting. I think I would rather have that too. Probably. Yeah. But I think it is something telling too that Rick shows that he's willing to go with the odd hand. He's he's not committed to a lot of things. I, no. I think that's one of the storylines coming out tonight that a guy that they absolutely love in Dwight Powell was benched. I mean, unless, oh, okay. I say benched because we don't know if there was some type of injury, like medical injury, minute limit, something like that. He wasn't asked about that. Uh, I thought about it, but I was like, mm, no, leave it alone. Uh, and so, but yeah, unless it was that, then he was benched. Tim Hardaway was benched for Jalen Brunson. He went with the hot hand. So I think that's telling that, Nothing's really set in stone. It's like, hey, I'll just roll with it, and we'll see who finishes games. We'll see who plays in the middle of games. And, yeah, I thought that was kind of kind of cool to see, even though it was a loss. They have to give themselves the best you know, way to win, right? They're not a developing team anymore. The guys are still developing on this team, but they're a team that wants to win now. And so they have to make those decisions, and they can't be stuck with a couple of guys just because they, you know, Carlisle loves them. And I was glad to see that he, he changed it, right. That he yeah changed the lineups and showed him a couple other things. I was surprised they didn't go with, with Boban at least for a minute, but. <laughs> so, so do you think anything changes for the Lakers? Now, both Lakers and Mavs go into Christmas day. Owen one in LA, you know, Lakers aside, does Dallas change anything starting lineup wise? rotation wise you can't you can't start Dwight Powell against Anthony Davis I mean you know it's gonna happen I oh wait real quick who started for the Lakers the other night they they start Mark Gasol and Anthony Davis okay so we could see a Maxi and 
Maxie could and see Maxi Powell starting, but if it's if it's Dwight and Dorian and Dorian starts on Anthony Davis, it that is. Could we see? Could we see Boban? We could him and him and Marcus all could match up because Marcus all did not look really good in that opener. So he's not, I'm not he's not really hurting you except for maybe from the outside if he hits a couple you know threes. But I could see a Bo, I could see Boban getting a spot start. That like the Denver game, right? He's just gonna he's he's Boban and Maxi. But we need a we need a Boban you know beacon now, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what that's we the, that's the new thing this year is the Boban beacon. So <laughs> anyone on there, give us the Boban beacon. Who made us the JJ one last year? I, I wish I could remember because it, it looks. I don't think Jimmy made it. Somebody else made it, but I, I, it looked awesome. The 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 Berea beacon from last year with, with the uh, the Batman signal that was great. Okay, I will say there are some people who tweeted at me tonight saying, "Hey, we needed JJ off the bench," and I love JJ, but I don't know if JJ makes the difference in this game. The Mavs needed the idea of J.J. Barea. They needed somebody that knows the offense. And Kirk, Kirk, our friend Kirk, that was on the pod the other day, <laughs> he's, you know, was as grump, like 100% grump tonight. But one of the things he said was that the Mavs, the Mavs don't have anybody off the bench that knows how to pass, which is hilarious just to think about. But they are missing that aspect of it. We, the Mavericks have gotten so used to having two guards off the bench in JJ Bray and Devin Harris that are just such good passers. And then even when Dirk was coming off the bench too, right? Yeah. The Mavs had so many good passers coming off the bench that just knew how to play together and knew how to move the ball. And you just needed to fill in a couple of inexperienced guys around them. And now they just have all inexperienced guys, right? They have but that's Dirk. our biggest worry about like Powell going to the bench is right to maximize Powell. You got to have good passers around him and, if Brunson or Burke don't show that they can, you know, but anyway, yeah, that. they wouldn't have shooting and then they wouldn't have passers. Right. So what do they have off the bench? Right? <laughs> they don't have shooters. The they don't water have passers, bugs. They, don't, they have the water bugs. Water bugs. Actually, they did pretty well in this game. Uh, I thought at least they, they, they were rough from the beginning. Brunson had a really rough first three quarters, but he ended up coming back from it. So Josh green, he played like a couple minutes, uh, but they decided to go with Dorian in that backup unit instead. They they kept playing Dorian instead. I think that Josh Green looked a little bit rushed in some things, but he only played three minutes. So maybe yeah, I, don't I was wanna... just giving him his chance. I'm not even going to take too much away from that. I don't think there was a reason why he got benched. I think he just put him out there for a couple minutes. He looked a little rushed, and he was like, okay, I'm going to take him out and play Dorian instead. Well, I feel like, yeah, I feel like they have to play Dorian with the second unit because it goes back to what we said before. You know, Brunson and Burke are so small that it, you know, defensively you lack with that. So, uh, you know, you think you you'd get that with Josh Green, but I think you get a little yeah. bit better shooting. Not tonight. I think eventually Josh Green could be that guy. Oh, he, yeah, he should be. He, he has been in the, in the Minnesota game. He was guarding their point guard, right? When they're coming off the bench, he was the guy stepping up and picking him up at half court. I can't remember now. I remember. I remember. I remember a couple of possessions where I'm like, "Oh, he's guarding the point guard, and the the water bugs are guarding the wings." Any Which, campaign takes from tonight? Pain, just straight pain. Ma- they had 41 did, points off the bench. Did, <laughs> did campaign score on every Maverick center? <laughs> he scored on Maxi. He scored on Dwight Powell. He blocked that Dwight Powell buck. <laughs> that Dwight Powell layup. That was <laughs> oh, yeah. campaign. Just I just want Cam Johnson. I like Cam Johnson. Cam Steel. Johnson looked good. He was on Locked On Suns the other day, by the way. So if you want to hear from Cam Johnson, he had a good story about about LeBron and uh, Chris Paul that he saw recently when they played in the preseason. So go check out Locked On Suns from yesterday. But yeah, Cam Johnson did look good coming off the bench. He was hitting more than just threes too, which was encouraging for him. Not encouraging. I know for he the can Mavs. hit those shots. Cam Johnson, he- Tar Heel. 
He was a steal, wasn't he? He was. Well, actually, I can't say he was a steal because they reached for him. Uh, but he's a steal I mean, now. They took him top 10, and everybody's like, whoa, you're going to take this guy top 10. He's 22. Another one of those guys, like Brandon Clark, that just take the freaking guy. It doesn't matter how old he is. My God, I hate that. Speaking of Brandon Clark, have you seen his new shooting form? Oh, no. No. I'm going to send you a video. Everybody go look at Fast Break Breakfast. They oh, just, no. They posted no, the video. <laughs> no, I'm sad. <laughs> okay, did this game change anything of how you view the Suns? It doesn't for me. No, no, we we expected the Suns like the, the the Suns backup center situation is is not great. So if Aiton goes down, I think that that becomes a problem defensively. I think they're going to struggle against any team that can score inside. Yeah, right. That, I mean, we both the, project them as a seven seed in the West, and I'm not yeah. like walking away from this saying, "Well, no, they won the game, right?" <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think that they'll be great. Dev, Booker and Chris Paul are going to be great together. Aiton's going to. They're not going to do as much like eight and Chris Paul pick and roll as I expected, right? It didn't yeah, seem like they, well, they did I mean, he only played eight and only played twenty four minutes because yeah, he was in foul trouble. That's true. Not really disciplined. But it was foul. more of it was more pick and pops with him, which is what seems like he wants to do. He wants to be like a jump shooting center when he should be crazy roller, you know, lob threat. Speaking of fouling, yeah, I just looked it up. James Johnson three fouls in uh, thirteen minutes. Quality, quality minutes. Yeah. All right. Any other closing thoughts about this game? Now, the Mavericks, they're cl- then a clutch loss. Where, oh, the Mavericks are 0-1 in clutch games already. All right. So some of these things we all said that needs to improve. Luca's three-point shooting. Um, it clutch, does. It's true. He, he Clutch percentage. Um, clutch wins and losses. I will say this. Luka Doncic, 10 of 12 from the free throw line. Great. 83, 83%. Two, two Great. clutch free throws. Great. That's awesome. Yes. Fix yeah. one of the things, right? If every year he fixes one of the big flaws in his game, he'll be a flawless player by the time he's in his prime and the Mavericks will win every title. <laughs> That's my hot take. But uh, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, Rick Carlisle, I thought some of Rick said it, that was interesting after the game that, you know, they're obviously going to L.A. Uh, for this two game you know, stretch here. But they can't have team meetings in the hotel because of you know, restrictions yeah. in, in L.A. And so that that's wild to think about. They can't have groups of like over three, I think he said. So uh, they're going to get to L.A. I think they're going to practice on Christmas Eve. Uh, we might have a few stuff from that maybe uh, or at least some quotes and stuff you'll see online. But then, you know, big game. I mean, it's primetime game. And I mean, everything's going to be magnified even more for that Christmas Day game. The biggest game of the day. Every national person, Rachel Nichols was in our Zoom tonight. Yeah, asking, she was asking Luca, uh, you know, about you know his ankle, making sure he's good for Christmas. I'm excited for Christmas, and I think let's let's just all enjoy it. Let's not let's just in, embrace oh. that the Mavericks are on Christmas, and it's Luca versus LeBron. It's just I'm super excited about it. We all just want a good game, and Luca, we need a a prime time, you know, forty. 40, 12, and 8 from uh, from Luca on uh, Friday. Absolutely. There you go. We will be back for Friday. I don't think we're going to do a podcast tomorrow for Friday morning, so just be looking for the post game. There you go. Have a Merry Christmas, guys. We won't yes. talk to you until after the game, so enjoy the game. We will be back. Subscribe if you're not already, and thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom. Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Santa here? I know him. I know him. He'll be here to take pictures with all the children. Yeah!
Just keep your receipts. 10 a.m. tomorrow. 10 a.m. tomorrow. Santa's coming to town. Yes. Can you sign this for me? <gasps> Ooh. Hi.